Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Just a reminder that we are being broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. I have got a busy week to talk nothing but March Madness as right off the bat, my Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday show are going to have guests. And then I'm going to be riding solo on Thursday and Friday as Thursday will be Day one of the second round as we have some first four games on Tuesday. But we have got a great show. I really was going to lead with Selection Sunday yesterday. And I've already filled out my bracket. In fact, I filled out my bracket within 10 minutes of they announced the field. So I'm going to tell you what you think of my bracket. I'm going to share my bracket with my other guests. I'm going to get some insight on how they feel. Maybe we have similar brackets. But the fact that Tom Brady coming back to the NFL just broke late in the afternoon just really killed the vibe of this show. As I expect to have Gabe Reynolds on this show. Of course, he has his special announcement, and he's going to share his bracket with me. And I also want to cover all the local sports that happened over the weekend. So let's get right into the show. I had a very fun and interesting weekend called a baseball game I actually started calling a Rapids game on Thursday I called a Russell County baseball game on Friday they picked up their first win of the season beating Dadeville three to one and that will be the last game that I will call this season because the rest of their games either conflict with work or a Rapids game but I'm pleased to announce that I will be calling several Russell County softball games this year So I enjoyed doing it. It was fun. And softball is similar to baseball. But speaking of baseball, how about the Columbus State Cougars for taking two out of three against South Carolina Aiken? They are 19-4 overall, 5-1 in the Peach Belt, and they will take on University of Montevallo this Wednesday. The next three-game series in the Peach Belt will be this weekend against Augusta University. Another hot baseball team in the Chattahoochee Valley is the LaGrange Panthers. They had a rainout on Friday, but they were able to beat North Carolina Wesleyan two games to push their record to 14-1. They will take on Emory this Tuesday, and they will have a three-game series at Cleveland Field at Williamson Stadium against Berea this weekend. The Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars seasons came to an end over the weekend in the first round of the NCAA Division II tournament. The Columbus State Lady Cougars lost to North Georgia College 63-42 on Friday, and they finished their season 17-14. Had a great season. And the Columbus State Cougars, they lose to Queens out of North Carolina 86-84, and they finished their season with a 20-11 and 11 record. It was the first time they made it into the NCAA tournament since 2017. 
You had Atlanta United beating Charlotte FC 2-1 to thanks to a late goal in the 90th minute by Jake Mulraney. And Atlanta is 2-1 and on the season. The Atlanta Hawks, they are now in ninth place in the Eastern Conference by beating the Indiana Pacers 131-128. to And they also beat the Clippers on Friday. So they've won two straight as they are trying to get to 500 and solidify their playoff position. Spring training games will start this Thursday. And the Braves still have not signed Freddie Freeman. I am really worried. I'm starting to get worried. It seems like I'm hearing that the Dodgers might throw big money at Freddie Freeman. But, well, the Braves better start throwing big money at him as well. Because I don't know how I'm going to react if the Braves do not sign Freddie Freeman. Well, Georgia basketball has a new coach. And it's going to be Florida head coach Mike White. I was really hoping for the assistant from Xavier, Jonas Hayes. But we'll see how Mike White does Somebody made a comment to me, what do you think about the hiring of Mike White for the Georgia Bulldogs? And I said, well, anybody can win at Florida. He hasn't really proven anything at Florida. It's going to be a challenge. You still have problems with the facilities. You still have problems with the top recruits in Georgia coming to Georgia. Because you also have to worry about Georgia Tech and Georgia State getting your recruits. It's going to be a huge challenge. I don't think that Georgia's going to have the abysmal season they did with a 6-26 and record, but we'll see how Mike White does. All right, just before I'm about to reveal my bracket, the news broke yesterday that Tom Brady is coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which this changes everything in the NFL. I have plenty of time to talk about that, but I don't want that story to overshadow the greatness of March Madness. He's returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for his 23rd season. He will turn 45 years old. And the Buccaneers just had their odds to win the Super Bowl doubled. They were a 20 to 1 odd favorite to win the Super Bowl. Now they're a 10 to 1 odd favorite to win the Super Bowl. And the Buccaneers, once again, are favored to win the wide open NFC South. If you're a Falcons fan this morning, You've got to feel devastated because Bat Ryan restructured his contract. The Falcons might have had a glim hope of winning the NFC South because after Tom Brady retired, it was wide open. Now he's coming back. All those games on the schedule are now compelling. Tom Brady's taking on Aaron Rodgers in Tampa. Tom Brady's taking on Joe Burrow, Cincinnati. The 49ers are going to host Tom Brady. I actually would love to see them re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo so I could see Jimmy G face off against Tom Brady, but that's probably not going to happen. We'll have NFL free agency, the NFL draft. I mean, don't pull a Brett Favre. Brett Favre retired like three or four times. I remember that 10 years ago. It was a circus. Well, obviously he could still play. He was playing at a high level when he was last playing. He brought Tampa all the way back to tie the Rams in the divisional playoff. But one of his offensive guards retired. They did restructure Ryan Jensen's contract. Rob Gronkowski's more than likely going to come back. They're going to get all their weapons back. I know that Chris Godwin, he's going to hit free agency. I don't think they're going to have that same team that went to the Super Bowl. So it's going to be even tougher for Tom Brady at age 45 to compete at a high level as he did two years ago when he led the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl win. With that being said, the dominoes are going to start to fall Uh, Deshaun Watson has been cleared of all the sexual assault cases, and the Saints are interested in Deshaun Watson. 
The Steelers are not. I think that the Steelers might go for Jimmy Garoppolo or even Mitchell Trubisky. I think Mitchell Trubisky now starts to become a high-priced and sought-out free agent. Marcus Mariota is another quarterback that could be on the move. But I think that the Saints might go after Deshaun Watson. I think that's going to be the big pull here. I'm interested to see how NFL free agency is going to shape up. And we're talking about football in spring. We're not even near baseball. We just had March Madness Selection Sunday, and we're talking football. Tom Brady steals the headlines once again from March Madness. It's unbelievable what this guy does and what he he draws the ratings of the fans to the TV screen. It's really, you know, I'm not saying it's fascinating. I'm... I'm starting to get Tom Brady fatigued. And look, I, I know one of my guests, Rob Frazier, he loves Tom Brady. I'm not going to go back and forth on Tom Brady with him on the show. He could he could talk about Tom Brady all he wants. I, I will be like, okay, okay, sure. <laughs> LeBron James, he drops 50 against Washington. I think he was just trying to prove a point that he's still the greatest. And we don't need Contavious Caldwell-Pope or... Kyle Kuzma, he was trying to stick it to the players that he shipped off for Russell Westbrook. But last night, I watched the game between the Lakers and the Suns because I wanted to see if the Lakers could even compete with the Phoenix Suns. And even without an injured Chris Paul, Phoenix was just the more faster, more dominating team. They could run the floor. The Lakers are old, and they don't have a whole lot of talent. What have the Lakers done? Let Take LeBron out of the equation. What have the Lakers done in the last 10 years that you would say is, wow, I can't believe the Lakers did this? You know, they drafted Lonzo Ball in 2017 over Jason Tatum. I mean, come on. The Lakers, before LeBron got there, did not make the playoffs since 2013. They had a lot of lottery picks. They had Brandon Ingram. They had D'Angelo Russell. They had Julius Randle. They had Lonzo Ball. They had a lot of picks. What has the Lakers done that's been great if you take LeBron out of the equation? Because that Anthony Davis trade, not starting to be great. Anthony Davis is always hurt. All right, let's take out the bubble year where they won the championship. They had four months off. LeBron is the most focused and determined teammate. And with a healthy AD, he rallied his teammates to win in the bubble. And that tells you how valuable players like Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, that tells you how valuable they were. And now they're not there. What do they have? They have a player that didn't pan out in Charlotte, Malik Monk. He shows inconsistency just about every night. He does put up good numbers every now and then. They have a Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench. I mean, he's coming off the bench. He's averaging 13 points a game. Okay. I mean, a couple years ago, he was out of the league, and now he's averaging 13 points a game. Russell Westbrook, most nights, he's just a turnover machine. I mean, how many times has Russell Westbrook gotten a triple-double? Anyway, it's so frustrating being just a fan of the league and my dislike for the Lakers, but I'm laughing because they're not a great team. LeBron is trying to prove that he's still a great player. LeBron is trying to win the scoring title. He's trying to stamp his legacy on the greatest to ever play the game. For the first time since 2019, we finally have college basketball at many different venues in the regions of the country, and we finally have fans. It is great to be a fan of March Madness, and I watched the selection show. I was actually at a basketball game. I watched the selection show on my phone, 
And within five minutes of the selection show that they revealed the teams, I filled out my bracket. I will reveal that bracket to you shortly, but let's talk about the snubs. The snubs that did not get into this tournament, they are known as the first four out. And I've had a poll up on my Twitter page, which team got snubbed the most. And if you look at the four teams, they have impressive resumes. Oklahoma's record is not very impressive, 18 and 15, but they did upset Baylor and Texas Tech. And they played Kansas close both times, including at Allen Fieldhouse. Texas A&M, their season came to an end, losing to Tennessee in the SEC title game. They went 23-12. Their impressive wins were against Auburn, Arkansas, and Alabama. They also finished 9-9 in the SEC. They had a legitimate reason to make it into this NCAA tournament. I think when Richmond beat Davidson in their conference tournament, that busted Texas A&M's bubble. Because I think Texas A&M would have gotten into this tournament if Richmond didn't win their conference tournament. Let's look at SMU. 23-8 and on the season. They beat Memphis twice. SMU had a very impressive record. They were the two seed in the American Athletic Conference, but just wasn't enough. The American Athletic Conference only has two teams in, which is just odd because it's a very good conference. The fact they only had two teams. And then let's talk about Dayton. Dayton went 23-10. and 10. It seems like Dayton makes it into this tournament every year. They beat Kansas. Impresses me the most. They still had a pretty good record in the Atlantic 10 Conference. As you look at all the other teams in the Atlantic 10 Conference, I mean, Dayton proving that they belonged into this tournament. Some of the teams, question mark why they got into the tournament. Michigan, 17-14. and 14. I wasn't impressed with their record. But the fact that the Big Ten had nine teams in this tournament. San Francisco, 24-8. and eight. I mean, they didn't really have a whole lot of good wins. They beat Davidson and they beat UAB. And that's it. They lost to BYU at home. They got rolled by Gonzaga twice. San Francisco didn't really impress me. I don't know how San Francisco got into this tournament. All right, it's time to reveal my bracket. I filled this out. I shared it on social media. It's pretty simple. Looking at the West region, no surprise, I've got Gonzaga coming out of the West region. The way I'm going to do this bracket, I'm going to start with the West region. I'm going to tell you who my final four pick is in that region, who they're playing in the Elite Eight, and how they got there. So no surprise, Gonzaga is the overall number one seed. I have them beating Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Why did I pick Michigan State? Michigan State is a number seven seed. I have them beating Davidson. I have them beating Duke. I think that Duke as a number two seed, and they lost to Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game, I think that they're going to falter. I know that a lot of people want to pick Duke because this is Coach K's swan song. I don't know. Uh, Duke wasn't even in this tournament last year. I think that Michigan State as a blue blood program who struggled They were in a very tough Big Ten conference with nine teams in there. I think that Michigan State can get on a run. I have them going to the Elite Eight. I have them beating Texas Tech, who I have beating Alabama. So Texas Tech advancing as the number three seed, Alabama advancing as the number six seed. I kind of went chalk there. 
I really went chalk with UConn and Arkansas advancing. And then I have Memphis beating Boise State. I tell you what, Memphis is a number nine seed. They're a very dangerous nine seed, but they got hosed. They should have got at least a number seven seed. Now they're going to have a tough second round matchup against Gonzaga. And I just don't like that matchup. Any other matchup. And I think Memphis at least gets to the sweet 16. Now looking at the East region, this is who Gonzaga would play in the final four. And I have Purdue. I think that the hot shooting of Caden Ivey is going to help the Boilermakers. Purdue is a number three seed. How do they get here? I have them beating UCLA in the Elite Eight, which means that UCLA takes out well, either Baylor or North Carolina. I actually have North Carolina beating Baylor in the second round. It's rare that I pick a number eight over a one, but I just think that North Carolina, after beating Duke, in uh, Coach K's last game, North Carolina was considered a bubble team. They seem to figure things out. And Baylor struggled of late. Baylor lost to Oklahoma in the Big 12 tournament. And the defending champs have kind of had a little hane over this year. And I think North Carolina shocks them in the second round. So they'll have to play UCLA. UCLA went to the Final Four last year as an 11 seed. I think the UCLA is more than capable of making it to the Elite Eight. So I have UCLA beating North Carolina. So that means they they beat St. Mary's. Now, it's interesting that I pick St. Mary's here rather than pick either Wyoming or Indiana. Well, the bracket that I signed up for did not allow me to pick the play-in games, which I should have uh, picked the play-in games there. But St. Mary's is a five seed. I have them advancing. So I kind of went chalk here as well. So on this side of the bracket with the number four and number five seeds, I went chalk. Uh, the upset I have here is I, I got Virginia Tech beating Texas. Uh, Virginia Tech is hot. They won the ACC tournament for the first time ever in their history. And so I have them advancing to play Purdue. And then an interesting matchup. They really set this up. Murray State playing Kentucky in the second round. Both teams from the state of Kentucky. And this is what people want to see. They want to see Murray State a team that won 30 games. They only lost two all season going up against Kentucky. And guess what? I'm calling it. I'm calling the upset that Murray State is going to beat Kentucky in the second round. And so I have a matchup between Purdue and Murray State. And that's how I got Purdue to make it all the way to the Elite Eight and eventually the Final Four. So on my left side of the bracket, I have Gonzaga and Purdue in the Final Four. Now let's go to the right side of the bracket. In the South region, where it seems like Arizona is on the sure path to reach the Final Four, but not so fast. They have a very strong number three seed, Tennessee, who won the SEC tournament for the first time since 1979. I called it. I even let Brad Page know, who's a big Tennessee fan. I am picking Tennessee to reach the Final Four regardless of what side of the bracket they're in. I know Arizona's a tough team, but I have Tennessee knocking out Arizona in the Elite Eight. I have them beating Loyola Chicago. So this is my biggest surprise. Loyola Chicago not only beats Ohio State as a 10 seed, they beat Villanova as a 2 seed. And they play Tennessee in the Sweet 16. Another upset I have, I could have went chalk with Houston and Illinois. I've decided to go the route where I usually pick a 12 and a 13. 
to call an upset. And so I'm calling the upset. I'm saying UAB is going to beat Houston, and Chattanooga is going to beat Illinois. I got Chattanooga beating UAB as a 13 seed, advancing to the Sweet 16 to take on Arizona. I got Michigan as a number 11 seed beating Colorado State. I just think Michigan's been tested. Uh, I don't like the fact they're in this tournament, but since they're here, they just have too much talent not to win a game in the tournament. And I think that Michigan advances over Colorado State, but they lose to Tennessee. Now looking at the Midwest bracket, Kansas is the number one seed. I have them advancing to the Elite Eight against Auburn. Auburn is the number two seed. This is going to be a classic matchup. And so I'm picking Auburn to beat Kansas. And so what you have here is an all-SEC Final Four on the right side of the bracket. Auburn and Tennessee. And then I have Gonzaga and Purdue. So Auburn is going to get by Miami. And instead of playing Wisconsin, I have Iowa State, an 11 seed, knocking off LSU and knocking off Wisconsin to make it to the Sweet 16 against Auburn. Auburn, I have beating Miami after them beating USC. And then I have, I went chalk here on this side of the bracket, Iowa and Providence, and then Iowa moving on to take on Kansas. So only one side of the bracket, the South region, is where I picked a 12 and a 13 seed. I didn't pick a 14 seed. I didn't pick a 15 or a 16. But we will go through the history of how many times a 1 has beaten a 16. We all know it's only been once. But a 2 has lost to a 15. That happened recently, last year. Oral Roberts, a couple years ago, Florida Gulf Coast to Georgetown. You had Coppin State one year. I remember back in the 90s, Santa Clara beat Arizona. Santa Clara, led by Steve Nash, was a number 15 seed. And, of course, you had Middle Tennessee State, who was a 15 seed, beat Michigan State a couple of years ago as well. And, of course, the only local team in Georgia in this tournament is Georgia State, and they have got a tough matchup against Gonzaga. I think that it's not going to be close. Now, is there a 16 seed that can give one of these number one seeds a game? I think Norfolk State, because I have Baylor losing to North Carolina in the second round. I think Norfolk State can keep it close. Now, which 15 seed could pull off the upset? I think Delaware over Villanova. I think Auburn is going to destroy Jacksonville State. I think Kentucky is going to beat St. Peter's. and I think Duke is going to beat Cal State Fullerton with no problem. All right, which number 14 seed could possibly pull up the upset? And I'm not going to pick it in my bracket, but I think that Montana State against Texas Tech, Longwood against Tennessee, you have Yale against Purdue, and you have Colgate against Wisconsin. I think Colgate actually has the best shot at beating Wisconsin. So they are the 14th seed with the best shot to upset. And, of course, I pick Chattanooga, the 13th seed, to win. So usually after that, there's always a 12th seed that beats a 5th seed. There's always an 11th seed that beats a 6th seed. We've seen an 11th seed make it to the Final Four. That has happened four times. LSU, George Mason in 2006, VCU in 2011, and Loyola Chicago in 2018. 
Of course, LSU made it back in 1986. So my final four is set. Gonzaga, Purdue, Tennessee, and Auburn. I got Gonzaga beating Purdue, and I got Auburn beating Tennessee. And the team I'm picking to win it all is Auburn. Yes, Auburn breaks through with the best player in the country, Jabari Smith Jr., and with one of the best big men in the country, Walker Kessler. They got two NBA players that will go in the first round of the 2022 NBA draft, and they're going to help the Auburn Tigers win this thing to give Bruce Pearl his first NCAA championship. So what does that mean? That means that Gonzaga would be a runner-up for the third time. That would be heartbreaking. But I love the fact that I called it. I said that Tennessee is going to reach the Final Four. That would be a milestone for the Tennessee Volunteers after reaching the Elite Eight twice. I would love to see Tennessee make it to the Final Four. It's just that they would have to play Auburn in the Final Four. And I think Auburn is just too strong. And uh, that's my uh, prediction. I hope you like my bracket. I actually posted my bracket on my social media. And when I get Gabe Reynolds on the show, we're going to share brackets. It's going to be pretty interesting. Don't forget that I'm going to have Rob Frazier on the show on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to have Brad Page. I will not have a guest on Thursday or Friday as I am going on vacation with the family. I will have a solo show, though. I will still have my shows, but it will just be me. It's a lot easier. And also, this is the debut of the Lions podcast I'm doing with Jared Dillard. And we're going to have head coach Jason Gibson on for the Lions podcast. And then Columbus Rapids Weekly will have a special guest. And it will be Columbus Rapids forward from the women's team, Olivia Gerald. So looking forward to those episodes. I am excited about that. And without further ado, I think it's time to bring Gabe Reynolds on the show. So don't go anywhere. We will have Gabe Reynolds on the show in just a bit. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I've got Gabe Reynolds. He is my guest for today's show. I'll have Rob Frazier on the show tomorrow. Gabe, it's been a while. Since you've been on the show, uh, you had some news you wanted to share with the rest of the world? Yes. So at the end, I teased uh, a couple of weeks ago, I teased about uh, a hot take breaking news. Well, that news is I have just been named the head girls basketball coach at Ezell Harding Christian School here in Nashville, Tennessee. That is exciting news. Uh, congratulations, Coach Gabe. Oh, man. When it comes to basketball season, definitely will break down game film and all that. As you know, I'm a public address announcer for high school basketball. So, yep. Uh, hey, if you ever need a public address announcer, I, I'm just kidding. Um, but, no, uh, congratulations. <laughs> Well-deserved. Uh, you have years of experience and basketball knowledge. But, uh, yeah, we've got a selection show to, to talk about. Uh, I'm excited about doing this show with you, Gabe, because I filled out my bracket within five minutes of the selection show last night. I watched it on CBS. I filled it out. I'm sure you probably filled out a bracket or you're getting close to. I mean, it's okay if you didn't fill out a bracket yet. But 
you know, you still got time to, to study film and to break down each of the games. And, and uh, I, I'm basically doing it off gut instinct. I know. Uh, are you the type of person that does it off gut instinct or do you actually watch the bracketology shows? I asked the question, are you uh, a person that fills out your bracket based off a hunch or do you watch bracketology shows and then fill out your bracket? Uh, I, I kind of do it off a hunch. I don't really get into the whole bracketology thing. Because it's a lot. A lot of times, it ends up being the experts uh, thinking thinking one thing, but you gotta. If you've seen the team and you know what they're capable of doing, you kind of know who's the hotter team right now. Like, say for instance, like Richmond went in there and won the uh, the AT conference. Davidson got in because of their strength of schedule and their record, but for Richmond, they had to win the conference and. You know, it, it, it's all about who gets hot at the right time. I absolutely agree. Uh, part of the process of selecting 68 teams, we have to talk about the teams that get left out of this tournament. Of course, the last four out, which all four are number one seeds in the NIT tournament. One team that comes to mind, you have Texas A&M, SMU, Oklahoma, and Dayton. I strongly felt Texas A&M, after their run in the SEC tournament and playing Tennessee in the final, knocking off Auburn, knocking off Arkansas, they were 23-12. and 12. The, the committee was looking at Texas A&M's entire body of work, and they didn't see how hot they got toward the end. But they would have got in if Richmond didn't bust their bracket. Do you think there's a team out there that, that got snubbed, or did the committee get it right? I think there – I think – Two teams got snubbed. I think SMU got snubbed. SMU beat beat Memphis twice, and they made it to the to the uh, semifinals of the uh, AAC tournament. And I think Texas A and M got snubbed. Texas A and M got hot at the right time. They beat Auburn in the SEC tournament, made it all the way to the SEC championship, and then you know I would say fatigue caught up, but you cannot leave out A&M but then put in Michigan. I agree. I, I don't like the fact that the Big Ten got nine teams. Three of those teams were considered bubble teams. You have Indiana that's going to be in the play-in game. Uh, Rutgers is also in the play-in game. Michigan is an 11 seed, 17 and 14. I mean, come on. I mean, I know that they are in this tournament because of reputation. They were a number one seed last year, but that is a – terrible record and i know that the big 10 was strong but is it really gabe because they didn't do so well in the tournament last year i want right. to see how these big 10 teams do I, I know it which is funny because one of the teams that i picked to go to the final four is in the big 10 so we, we could talk about both of our brackets later but yeah i totally agree with you uh, that michigan should not be in this tournament another team that should not be in this tournament is san francisco I don't think that San Francisco had a very impressive resume. They lost to Gonzaga twice. They lost to St. Mary's. The only impressive win they have on their resume is they beat BYU. I wasn't uh, thrilled with the uh, San Francisco pick. That was a beer stealer because that took that knocked Dayton out. Like when you looked at the strength of schedule and their net rankings that they showed for the last four in and the first four out, Dayton and SMU definitely should have been there. Absolutely, they, they, def they definitely should have been there. And if uh, Michigan got in as an 11 seed, that that was a complete joke. Like 17 and 14, they got they got put out in the first round of their uh 
of their of their conference tournament. Like there was no way Michigan should even be in this tournament at all. It's a travesty, and it does it, it basically says that it doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter what your record is. You basically just said because you're one of the blue bloods, we're gonna put you in. That 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 was against if I'm if I'm Dayton or if I'm SMU, I'm 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 pissed. Yeah. I'm pissed. I would be. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your favorite team and my favorite team too. I, I love the Memphis Tigers. I, I rooted for them when in the 2005 and they made it to the Elite Eight three straight seasons. Memphis is a nine seed. I don't like the fact that Memphis got a nine seed and they have to play Gonzaga in the second round. I don't have them beating Gonzaga. I know that maybe Memphis could pull off the upset against Gonzaga, but that is tough to put Memphis in the same bracket as Gonzaga, which I have them get by Boise State. I think the Mountain West is a joke. I mean, Memphis is going to win that game. Jalen Durden, he has been awesome. He is their top leader, an NBA prospect. I saw the game against Houston in the conference uh, championship for the American Conference. And uh, Houston just, you know, uh, it's hard to beat a team three times. And Houston just, they were clicking on all cylinders. They were firing up three-point shots. And, and Memphis's magic ran out. I think if Memphis would have won the American, they would not be an eight seed. They'd at least be a six or a seven. I think, you know, I, I'm, you know, what was it? Six weeks ago, uh, Memphis was sitting there ten and ten and nine or, or something like that on the year. And Penny gave his famous, now famous, uh, rant to the Memphis media. And then right after that, they went out and won twelve of their last uh, fourteen. So Memphis got hot at the right time. I'm cool with the nine seed. I think you know, you know, I've been I've been watching Facebook, and a lot of a lot of people in Memphis are like, Memphis got disrespected. Memphis didn't get the, uh, they don't get no respect and everything. And I was like, y'all got to remember, Memphis wasn't even on the bubble six weeks ago. Then they played their way on the bubble, and then they got hot. They got hot at the right time. I think what solidified Memphis getting that getting that nine seed was the fact that they beat SMU. It wasn't the fact that they got to the uh, conference finals. It was the fact that they had beat Houston twice. They prob- If they had a loss to SMU, I still think Memphis would have got in maybe as an 11 seed, and they take that they take that uh, spot from uh, Michigan. But because they beat SMU and then turned around and lost to uh, Houston, that, that, solidified, that solidified them being there. Now, Memphis hasn't been in the tournament since 2014. Last time they were there, Josh Pashner was the head coach. So right. I think for Memphis fans, they need to – And I'm one. Hey, let's just we're just happy to be here. Now, when you get to the tournament, everybody gets a fair shake. Let's see what can be done when you get in the tournament. You you wanted to get there. You got there. Now, let's see what let's let's uh, throw the ball up, tip it off and see what can happen. Because Gonzaga, yes, Gonzaga is strong, but Memphis has played well against tougher and bigger opponents before. I, I like Gonzaga to get past Memphis, but that's the beauty of March. You never know. You never know. All right, so Gabe, I filled out my bracket within five minutes of the selection show ending. I sent you a copy if you want to take a look at it. I don't think there's anything that sticks out. I did go chalk in one side of the bracket, you know, picked a five, picked a four. I picked UConn and Arkansas. 
Um, the other side of the bracket, I went a different way. One of the regions, I always pick a 12 and I always pick a 13. So mm-hmm. I picked UAB to upset Houston and I picked Chattanooga to upset Illinois. Am I crazy or am I, I think that that's not going to happen, but I always go out on the limb and pick a 12 and a 13. And those are the two teams I'm picking. And I got Chattanooga going to the sweet 16. I mean, it could happen, but if I'm, if I'm right, I look like a genius. Right. I have Chattanooga upsetting in the first round. I think I got Chattanooga losing um, in the in the in the round of, uh, but we're we're about the same as the way it goes. And so my final four picks are Gonzaga, Purdue, and get this, I got an All SEC Final Four with Tennessee and Auburn. You know Brad Page, a good friend of mine. He's a big Tennessee Volunteers fan. Uh, we've been following Tennessee. I've had him on the show, and we've talked about how great Tennessee has been winning the SEC tournament for the first time since 1979, beating Kentucky, beating Auburn. They have been battle-tested. I can't believe they got a three seed. I think that they should have been a two. I think they're a better team than Villanova. So at the minimum, I see Tennessee getting to the Elite Eight, and then I have them reaching the Final Four by beating Arizona, a team that I feel can win it all. Arizona's got a very strong team, but – in March Madness, you just never know. And so with that, I got Auburn beating Kansas. Could happen. I think Auburn all year has been the best team. They just slipped up a little bit when their their schedule got tougher, losing to Arkansas, Florida on the road, and Tennessee on the road. But I have an all-SEC final in the South and Midwest bracket with Tennessee and Auburn, Gonzaga and Purdue, because I think Caden Ivey is just a hot shooter. And uh, Purdue is going to get by. Get this, Gabe. I got UCLA upsetting North Carolina. So that what does that tell you? That means that an eight seed is going to take out a number one seed. I got Baylor as the first number one seed to go down. That they're not even going to reach the Sweet Sixteen. I know it, my bracket's a little crazy, but uh, what do you think? I mean, it's it's plausible. I don't think Carolina is strong enough to match up with Baylor. North Carolina is very inconsistent. They're hot and cold. They're up and down. Um, so you don't you don't really know. Uh, but at the same time, I like UCLA, Baylor uh, getting there, making that a rematch from two years ago. I kind of uh, I have I haven't finished the other side yet because there's a team in the uh, first four that I'm depending on who wins, I think can uh, make a, can, will beat St. Mary's and can. Uh, Probably upset UCLA. I like Indiana to uh, upset uh, UCLA in the uh, second round. Very interesting. The bracket that I filled out will not allow me to choose a first four winner. So I just went with uh, the higher seed. Uh, I just went with the lower seed when it came to the first four. And I picked St. Mary's in that game. But a very interesting call. so, Gabe, next week, uh, we'd love to have you back on the show. We could talk if our brackets well, are busted. Yeah. The, the, so, let me ask you this. What do you – so, you said you got Tennessee going to the Elite Eight. and you well, got I, got, I got them going to the Final Four. I got them got, beating Arizona in the Elite Eight. If that, if that happens, that will be the first time in program history that Tennessee has made the Final Four. That is true. And, and um, you, you've had teams like South Carolina make it to the Final Four. You, you've had uh, – 
teams in the past. Uh, Georgia made it to the Final Four in 1983. Uh, Auburn made it in 2019. It is possible. I mean, Alabama made it to the Elite Eight in 2002. I just think Tennessee's been to the Elite Eight in the last, I want to say the last 15 years. Tennessee has been to the Elite Eight. I just yeah, think they, this they've is only strong... they've only been they've only been one time. So if they get to the elite eight this time, it'll be the second time in program history. Like oh, their okay, ceiling, okay. their ceiling has always been. They would get to the Sweet Sixteen, and then they could never get past that. Like if they get to the Sweet Sixteen, I don't. You got to remember, they're even their 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 potential Sweet Sixteen opponents. They've already played this year. They played oh. they played Villanova. And Nova beat them earlier in the year. Nova actually punked them earlier in the year. And then they played Arizona. Arizona beat them earlier in the year. So if they get back and they run into those, they run into Nova first. I think Tennessee is a little bit better now, but I still don't think they have the firepower to match up with what Nova can do. So looking at, and I I got, I got my other bracket. Let's, let's see if there's a, tough road for Tennessee in the, the round of 16. I, I'm looking at I'm looking at the bracket I got here. So they, they play Longwood. I actually, I have Michigan beating Colorado. I, I'm just because I, I just think Michigan, they got in and they're happy and so I got Tennessee beating Michigan, an 11 seed. I got Loyola Chicago knocking out Ohio State. Well, actually, Gabe, I'm looking at my bracket. I got Loyola Chicago upsetting Villanova in the second round. So that's that's part of my crazy bracket. So I got Tennessee. I, I got Tennessee beating Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16. Uh, so I'm looking at my bracket now. I got Loyola Chicago uh, upsetting Ohio State. What? Really not much of an upset. That's yeah, that sounds an upset. Not much of an upset. I think I got I got Nova winning, but it's going to be close. It's going to be a close win, but I I, I like I, I still like uh, Nova to get out of there and face Tennessee. I actually have Nova versus Arizona in the Elite Eight, and I have Kansas versus Auburn in the other Elite Eight. I still don't know. I'm still kind of torn. I actually like Kentucky, but I think I'm picking Murray State to upset Kentucky, and then I'm picking Murray State to beat Purdue. I have Murray. I have Murray State going to the Elite Eight this year. I we we both agree on Murray State. I believe Murray State's going to beat Kentucky in the second round. Yeah, I I just think um, Murray State is one of the hottest teams right now, along with Chattanooga. Yes, I I do like that regional matchup. I like how the committee put two Kentucky-based schools in the same bracket, hoping that they might meet up in the second round. Murray State going up against Kentucky, which they don't play each other in the regular season. They never schedule each other. And so it reminds me of a couple of years ago when Wichita State was the same bracket as Kansas, and we had that potential matchup, and we finally got it, and it was just a dream come true for fans that lived in the state. I think the committee decided, hey, let's let's have this regional matchup like everybody wants to see in the state of Kentucky. Murray State going up against Kentucky. Right. I I like I, I think it's gonna be I think Murray State is like I, th- I don't think Kentucky wants to play. I don't think Kentucky wants to see Murray State at all because of how fast Murray State plays. And they they actually match up well with Kentucky. the only person that they don't match up with is Sheedway. Outside of Sheedway. 
I like I like Murray State's chances all, all the way around. Now, in my bracket, I did not pick a 16 to beat a 1. I did not pick a 15 to beat a 2. I did not pick a 14 to beat a 3. But if you look at all the regions, starting with the 16 seeds, Gabe, which 16 seed has a shot at keeping it close? I don't think a 16 is going to beat a 1. But if you look at the number one seeds, which game would be, oh, yeah, I'll watch that because that's going to be intriguing. I think that's going to be a closer matchup than people think. Which 16 seed has a shot at keeping it close? I don't see any any 16 seed beating a one seed or keeping it close. I think the one seeds actually are going they uh, are actually going to have their way. Uh, if it's close for uh, the first 10 minutes, I would say it would be probably Georgia State and Gonzaga or Norfolk State and Baylor. I agree with Norfolk State. I think they can keep it close in the second half. I don't like the fact Georgia State got a 16 seed. I thought they were a 15 seed. Yeah, they could keep it close with Gonzaga. On the other side of the bracket, I mean – you have teams like Wright State or Bryant. You know, so Arizona's going to play the winner of Wright State or Bryant. I, I'm going to I'm going to watch those playing games. I don't really know too much about those teams. Usually, the 16 seeds that get into the playing games are a very weak 16 seed. So it, it usually is a blowout. I mean, 98 percent of the time, it's usually a blowout. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that one time that it happened, that was just that was lightning in a bottle. That will yes. probably never happen again on the men's side because now everybody's like, we're going to take the 16 seed very seriously. We're not going to uh, take them lightly. Yes, and I would. So let's move on to the 15 seeds. I- I'm calling it. I think Delaware is going to keep it close against Villanova. I don't think Delaware is going to upset Villanova, but it could come down to the last possession. Out of all the 15 seeds, I think Delaware has the shot at maybe knocking off Villanova. I mean, this is crazy because last year nobody nobody expected Oral Roberts to beat Ohio State. But you have it. I mean, we get on the podcast next week and we'd be like, oh wow, I can't believe I I can't believe that happened. You know, I'm not I'm not calling any crazy bold predictions here, but you know, I think that Delaware has a shot at keeping it close. I I, I honestly I honestly think Jacksonville State can keep it close with Auburn. Ooh, I, I think like that. Jacksonville State plays up tempo. They play basically the same pace that Auburn does. So they're going. They're they're not going to be intimidated by Auburn because their speed and their style of play is just like theirs. And you got to think, Auburn lives and dies by the three. If Auburn is having an off night from the three point line then that plays right into Jacksonville State's wheelhouse because Jacksonville State can hit those threes as well. So, Gabe, I got Auburn winning it all. And my reason behind this is I felt they were the best team all year. I feel they have two lottery picks in the NBA in Jabari Smith Jr. and Walker Kessler. I feel they have the ingredients. And I also think that Bruce Pearl as a coach is due to win a championship. He's never won a championship yet. As a head coach, who do you have winning the whole thing? I know you haven't completed your bracket yet, but who do you think might win the whole thing? So I'm going to give you my final four first. So in the final four, I have Arkansas, 
Baylor, Arizona, Auburn. And I have Baylor in the championship game on one side versus Auburn on the other side. And I have Auburn winning the championship, get this, on a buzzer beater, just like Nova won it when they beat North Carolina. Wow, that is a very good prediction. I mean, I of course, I have Auburn beating Gonzaga. I predicted the score, 77-74. That's really irrelevant. Probably not going to happen. But it, it's weird because um, I, I picked Baylor to lose to North Carolina in the second round. I just think it's hard to, you know, they, they have the, the championship hangover from last year. And uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm overestimating North Carolina. They, they've struggled a little bit. You, you know how, Gabe, you have these blue bloods that struggle in the regular season, but when they come tournament time, a couple years ago, you had Syracuse make it to the Final Four, and they were 11 seed. You had Michigan State make it pretty far. You had Kentucky as an 8 seed make it all the way to the championship. North Carolina was an 8 seed one year and made it to the Final Four. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to – it's a kind of a bold projection. I got Michigan State as a 7 seed making it all the way to the Elite Eight against Gonzaga. I just – I have faith that the Blue Bloods will figure it out in the tournament. You know, I'm with you. When the Blue Bloods get in there, anything is anything is possible. But at the same time, a lot of times the Blue Bloods overlook the uh, the little guys. True. And that's, that's the beauty of March Madness. You get the conferences against conferences. You get the mid-majors against the Blue Bloods. Uh, North Carolina, I just don't think they're – they're at that point yet. You know, it's, it's Hubert Davis's first year. Uh, I think they're going to they're, – they're excited to be back, but they struggled in ACC play um, this year. Um, I don't – I think they'll win their first game, but I don't think they're going to get past the second round. Michigan is definitely going to be out. Coach K, his swan song is going to end in the Sweet 16. I don't think I don't see them getting to the final four, even though they tried to give them as much of an easier path than possible. Uh, if they get to the Sweet 16, they can beat uh, they can beat Alabama. But I don't know. If, I don't know if Duke can beat Davidson. So I got Coach K losing in uh, in the second round to Davidson. Oh, see, I got Coach K losing to Michigan State in the second round. Oh, I got Davidson upset. Okay. I, I, I love how both of our brackets are – we have some similar opponents, but we got some differences. And I'm going to be very interesting to see, you know, after the first and the second round, and we know who's going on to the Sweet 16, come next week having you back on the show. And we can uh, – I mean, I would like to get you back on the show before the Sweet 16 starts on Thursday, but – you know, you're more than welcome to come on whenever you're available. Next week, we'll recap our brackets and see how they look. Probably going to get busted. You know, Gabe, one year, my bracket got busted in the first four because I picked <laughs> I picked one of the first four teams to make it to the Sweet 16, and there that was the team that lost. I want to come back on next Monday so we can recap the weekend. Oh, yeah. I want to recap it. the weekend, and that way – that way we can discuss uh, what happened and then also discuss the upcoming uh, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. You got it. Sounds like a deal. Well, thank you, Gabe Reynolds, for being on the show. And as always, you're a great guest. And uh, I hope you enjoy the tournament. I know I am. Uh, I love just pulling out the March Madness app on my phone and start watching games at noon. Right. Just, 
all day Thursday and Friday. Right. I can't wait. This is the this is like my the, the my favorite time of year. Oh, hey, before we close, Gabe, um, a big shout out to, uh, you know, I know you coached a girl that plays at Mercer for, for making it into the tournament. However, they are a 15 seed and they got to play UConn. Oh, I feel bad for her, especially with Paige Buchers coming back from that injury. I, I think uh, I'm, I'm, I, I glanced at the women's field. I think that South Carolina or Stanford's going to win it, but don't sleep on UConn. Man, they, they got the, the player of the year that came back from that injury, and they're a two seed. They could do some things in the tournament as well. But, yeah, a, a big shout-out to uh, – Amoria Neal Tyser and the, Mercer, and the Mercer Lady Bears. Yeah, they, they made it into the tournament. I just feel bad that they have to play UConn in the first round. Hey, anything is possible, like KG said. Yes, and we, we've had a 16-beat-1 in – the women's tournament as well. Harvard was a 16 seed, beat Stanford one year. Yep. I can't, I can't remember the year, but I do remember that happening in the women's tournament. Yeah, it's a tough role for him, but I'm just, I'm just happy for, for her and for her career and everything. You know, it's always good to see your former players go on and do big things, especially on the national level. Absolutely. Well, Gabe, it's really been a pleasure having you on the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Gabe Reynolds, a guest on the Sports Beat. And uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll have Rob Frazier on the show tomorrow. And uh, we're going to break down his bracket. And then I'm going to have Brad Page on the show Wednesday. And we're going to break down his bracket. should be fun. All right. Everybody have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is broadcasted out of Columbus, Georgia, and focuses on the local and national sports scene. I am Richard Holdridge. If you have a sports question or if you would like to be a guest on the show, just inbox me on my Facebook page, The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, or on my Twitter feed. And as always, I hope that you have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdridge. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.